This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. I'm going to talk to you and see how far I get today about responding faithfully, responding faithfully, uh, and not fearing, and not fearing. Uh, Psalm 91, Psalm 91. Now, I know I'm preaching to the crowd because you showed up today, and I know a number of churches here in the community have closed their doors. I get that. Uh, but just, just hear me out today, and uh, you can go from there after that. Amen? But I'm your pastor. I love you, and I'm still here, Okay. So responding faithfully, Psalm 91, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at right hand, but it will not come near you. Interesting word. Psalm 91, 10 and 11. Psalm 91, 10 and 11. No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And I know that was directed at Jesus because that was spoken in that prophetically because uh, we know the temptation of the enemy used that on, on the pinnacle of, of the mount. But you know what? It's in the word of God and we can claim these promises for our lives. Can you say amen? Now, very quickly, our goal, you know, my heart, you know, as, even as a church body, is, uh, is to provide some information here today to not instill fear about this coronavirus. That Church for the Harvest, hear me, becomes a beacon of hope in this chaos. Amen. Church for the Harvest becomes a beacon of hope in this chaos. Now, there's two sets of camps right here. There's those of the camps that, you know, they have a brush it off, eh, it's nothing, whatever. You lose credibility in a time like this when you do that. Amen. I want you to know that. I am not doing that. Then there's those that are in full panic mode. I don't believe that's the Spirit of God. Amen. Okay? I think we need to come together to the middle. Can I get an amen? amen. And we need to use God's wisdom, discretion, in this season. I don't have my head in the sand. I've been uh, quite aware of what's been going on. And it's more so here in this nation, just in the, just in the last week, realistically. So, so we're in a situation that we have never faced before. So just, just very, some practical things. You've heard this probably a thousand times. I'm not even gonna read through all of them, but, but you know what? Uh, this is something we practice regularly. Keep this place clean. You notice the halls, we just had them done. Our bathrooms, we do the best we can for a facility that's 14 years old. So we do the best we can at that, and we'll continue to do that, okay? Um, and Katie doing that with the kids and the toys. Obviously, if you're sick, you need to stay home. Okay? And you can let us know, you know, and we will pray for you. And, uh, and so, uh, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of our media and things like that, some things that we can uh, deal, deal with as things come available, and we have soap and things like that. Uh, I don't even have any hand sanitizer. Okay, I've been gone for two weeks, come back to come shopping, and my wife and I are like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's not even on the shelf. All the toilet paper's gone. <laughs> okay, come on, people. Anyhow, anyhow, uh, but, but, you know, we have stuff here, whatever, and, 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 uh, Anyhow, moving right along. And, and so, so, so let me just say this. At this point, Church for the Harvest Plan is continual weekly services. Uh, 
But we are monitoring the situation, following recommendations from the CDC, state, local government agencies. Just read recently, many of you probably already have, Minnesota Department of Health, State Health uh, Commissioner Jan Malcolm, and she's discouraging gatherings of 250, 300 people more uh, 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 to, to, you know, to gather in situations. Her and the governor, Tim Waltz, they declared uh, uh, a peacetime state of emergency in, in, in Minnesota. On Friday, uh, they have not called yet for schools, but I just was told that uh, by this next week, you'll probably hear some new information coming about that in Minnesota. Um, that was from the Twin Cities Press, but 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 uh, let, let me just say that. So what, what, why are we meeting? You know what? Worship is essential. You may not agree with that in this time, but I believe worship is essential. Now, what we do is more important than what the NBA does. Amen. Okay? I just want to put that out there. Okay? What we do, I mean, uh, it, what they do, it's entertainment. All right? It's optional. Worship, I believe, is essential. Now, I'm going to help develop that in a moment, but I just need you to be with me. How many with me? Say amen. amen. All right. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. The Bible, whoops, if we get this here going, Luke 12, 25, 26. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? <laughs> Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Just throwing that out there that it's in the Bible. Some of you are worry, worry warts or whatever you want to call it, how you live. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Then when that was penned and Jesus spoke that, wasn't just for that generation. It was for all subsequent generations and it applies to us today. John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Where does our peace come from? It doesn't come from all the negativity, all the fear, all the peace. You know, it's amazing how people respond, and you're, see, you're seeing that. I give you peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. We're in a situation in this country, there's a lot of trouble we're in right now, in the world, globally. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. Second Timothy 1.7, excuse me, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a spirit of love. In soundness of mind. <laughs> Just want to throw that out. Soundness of mind. Not foolishness. Soundness of mind. You have that. Now, um, COVID-19 now labeled a pandemic. It's widespread coronavirus or the Wuhan virus, which we don't want to stigmatize China by saying Wuhan virus. However, you know, uh, uh, in all seriousness, we are in a situation that none of us has ever been before. Just, just throwing that out there as a nation. Things are changing day by day. I mean, as of, as of Saturday, recent statistics, 152,000 confirmed infections and about 5,600 reported deaths, all precious people that have lost their life. Very, very tragic. But I just want to say globally, there are 7,655,957,369 people on this planet. I just want to put that out there in light of those statistics. And today, and nationally, I just, just found out, you know, because it changes so quickly, there's about 3,000 confirmed cases, 57 deaths, and probably by the time I said that, it, 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 it God forbid, but it, it may change. Largest number of these infections are in Washington, New York, and California. 21 cases in Minnesota, uh, most of them in the metro, uh, one down just south of, of Wilmer, uh, 21. And let me, let me just, can I just throw this out here incidentally? How many still love me? Say amen. amen. How many with me? Amen. 
Minnesota State Health 2020 report for the flu. The flu season, we're in full flu season here, okay? The flu, week ending May, uh, March 7th, 3,500, this is the state of Minnesota, 3,577 hospitalizations in Minnesota. January to now. 110 deaths in Minnesota just from the flu. Not corona, just the flu, okay? Um, an average age is 72, so we see that it, it, it's, it's uh, you know, the elderly and those that have pre-existing conditions, we know that are, they struggle with it. They struggle, they, 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 those are the, the most susceptible. And so, so it's serious, I'm not, I'm not minimizing this. Just for now, I'm gonna just say this, go out on a limb. As far as I know, unless anyone knows, zero cases in Douglas County. But, but I, I mean, I, I'm, not say, I'm not implying that it, it wouldn't happen. I'm not saying that at all. But today, as far as we know, unless something pops up, I'm like, well, Pastor Mike. You know, so it's changing. It is changing dramatically. How many with me? Say amen. Okay? So if, how many remember back in 2003, 17 years ago, the SARS hit? It, it, that was a, another pandemic. 8,000 people infected. About 800, 775 died, tragically. Very, very... Uh, uh, another virus that, uh, you know, that happened. But, but, but coronavirus, it has eclipsed, you know, anything that has happened during SARS. I mean, we have national borders being locked down. Uh, we came back on Thursday night, uh, made it through, no issues, got all our luggage. We're all healthy and whole. Thank you, church, for your prayers. Prayer works. Uh, there's a lot of people stuck right now, uh, and, and, and it's a tragic situation. But travel has been impacted. There's empty stadiums, and hockey and NBA cancel seasons, and daily life is changing rapidly, and, and, and it's, it's not over. It's, it's, it's not over. Here's the question I have for us today quickly, and uh, then we'll end here in a bit. How do we, as God's people, in this moment, in this time, in this season, and how we act and respond is really going to determine a lot to us personally. But how do we respond faithfully in this crisis? Do we run and hide? Or do, what, what do we do? And so I've been thinking about that on the flight back. And I just, you know, some things that I read and I thought, you know, I, I just, I want to, in this situation, I feel God's called us to lead, not follow. Amen. Okay? And so perhaps maybe you're not there yet. And he's like, well, that's good, go on with you. I'm gonna get in a little huddle, that's okay. But here's some things I just wanna throw out there. Um, how do we, how do we? Um, a couple principles that'll guide us as we go through this situation, but here's the thing I want to say, we will pass through this. Amen. We will pass through this, okay? Uh, who was the guy that predicted, I can't remember the one, uh, the television crew came in and they did an interview in here a number of years ago. Uh, the guy was saying that the, everything was gonna end. I can't remember when the guy was the mathematician, but, but my first statement was, the guy's got it wrong, we'll be here. And I even made that statement. How many, I don't know if you remember that, but it was a, a number of years back. I said, we'll still be here. And God's not done with us yet. Can I get an amen? amen. And so, so uh, uh, we will pass through this. I'm just gonna say this personally, I don't have facts, but I'm just gonna say this possibly sooner than later. 
We will pass through this. So, you know, they're talking 12, 18 months, possibly. It's possible. But, but it, it's possible by springtime, you're out in your garden with your wheelbarrow and your gloves and rake, standing there with your spouse, deciding on what you're going to plant in your garden, and Corona's not even on your mind. It's possible. Amen. It's possible, okay? But we could still be faced with this all through summer, and, and we can see an, an escalation. So, so just, just saying... I'm just saying, trying to give a biblical perspective here, or at least a heavenly perspective on all of this. Responding faithfully, harvest will lead, not react. We're going to lead, not react. And what I mean by harvest, I feel it myself, my heart, my wife, but whoever wants to join in with that and be a part of that. You know, we see the stock markets, crazy, crazy fluctuation. Uh, we see the irrational stockpiling of necessities that borders on absolute panic. Fear, greed, selfishness, they are wreaking havoc in America right now. Right. right now. Friends, that is not leadership that's reactionary. It's reactionary. And as a church, I believe our job as the people of God, as believers, is not to react to what's happening. It's, it's to lead, to be people of light and hope in what's happening. The people that stay confident in their God in his word, in these times of crisis. Are you with me this morning? Yes, Amen. Amen? You know, the underground church in China, I was reading uh, 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 as I was away, uh, on the way over the flight, the Wuhan province, they say where it started, there's all these conspiracy things going regardless. Um, you know what, there, the church, albeit taking precautions, is out there on the streets passing out food and praying for, praying for other people in this time of crisis. Hmm. In the midst of it, helping the suffering. Another news report just came out about Chinese religious leaders believe, believers, they have jumped into the national battle against coronavirus. They have offered prophecies and prayers, ceremonies and services, as well as donations totaling more than 30 million. This is the underground church in China. 30 million in that region, even though many of their services have been suspended. It may, it may come to that here where we are mandated, we cannot meet. It, it, may, come, it may come to that. So, you know, they're ministering. See, here's the thing. That's the church in crisis. You may not feel that right now, but I believe that's the church in crisis. And so, so if this virus affects our community and, 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 and it comes to it, in which it's very possible that it, it, it may and we have a case, our surrounding communities... I'm just going to clear that we're going to be the church that leads and not reacts. Right. Amen. Amen? I'll give some practical steps here in a moment on that, how we could. Interesting note, you know, around 250 AD, there was a plague that went through the Roman Empire, North Africa. I think they called it the Plague of Cyprian. You can, you can, you can Google it. 5,000 people a day were dying. And so the church in that time was, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Christianity was soon, a few decades after that, to become the, the, the national religion. But the Christians stood out in their service. And so what they did was they, they, they ministered to the sick and the infirm. Why? And then this is what he writes. He says, it says, because they believe that God is sovereign over death. And they were willing, this is heavy right now, to minister to the sick even at the cost of their lives. 
What was the result of that? Just a few decades later, the whole Roman Empire turned with Constantine to Christianity. And see why? It had such an impact on the unbelievers that Christians would minister life in a crisis. I'm just throwing that out there. That that speaks to me. Do you know someday when we die and we go to heaven, how many of you know that we're not going to just see our local people that we know in the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years? Oh, grandpa, grandma, whatever. We're going to see a myriad of believers that have gone on before us. And we're going to meet them, these Christians, and some of them may have died at that time. And say, what did you do? Well, I was a martyr for Christ. We loved on the believers at that time, and many were dying, and we ministered hope. I don't want to be sitting up there in heaven with a Burger King paper crown on. Come on now. Amen? Amen. Kind of going... Yeah, well, what did I do? I hid, and I stockpiled toilet paper and hand set. Come on now, people. We were the church. I don't want to be that guy. Can I get an amen? And we don't want to be that church. All right? John, I told you it's going to be a different service here today. John 12, 25. Jesus said, anyone, watch this, who loves their life will lose it. Well, anyone who gives it up in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's not fatalism. Jesus is making a point here. When he talks about loving their life, it's not the word agape, it's the word phileo, as friend. And I kind of looked that up. I said, okay, what does it mean to love your life? It means your, your worldly life, your pleasures, your luxuries. Come on now. Come on. Your Netflix, your coffee shop, come on, your coffee shops, your, your internet, your high speed, your... You know, loving that more than, come on, all those things I like, all right? I just want to bring it out there. But, but loving life more is what he's saying. It actually means this, to be anxiously, oh, this is, this, is, this is the word of the Lord right now, ready? To be anxiously careful of it and take all precautions to secure it. That's what we're seeing going on in our nation. Everything to take care of me, myself, and I. Friends, that is not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Rather than to expose it, actually, it goes on to say, this commentary, to any danger. Every time we go over the country to another nation, there's danger being on the flights. Right? There's danger when you get in there. You know, there was, there was a van that was collided and nine people were killed in Sri Lanka on the road we were at where we were traveling. Not the same day, but just I read it in the paper, front page of the paper. Tragedy. Stuff like that happens all the time. There are risks involved. But you know what? We don't allow a spirit of fear to control our life. Amen? Amen? Spirit of fear. And so, so rather than expose it to any danger, and it doesn't mean being reckless. I'm not implying being foolish. I'm just saying that, you know what? We could step out of our comfort zone and still be the church. Amen? And still use wisdom. And so, uh, anyhow, it goes on more than that. But, but, but hear me. Moments like these... We need to check our emotions and to do what's best for others, not just ourselves. Amen, Pastor Mike, which leads me very quickly to my next point. Harvest will embrace sacrifice, not selfishness in this period. Whether this lasts for the next six, eight, nine, or 12, 14, 18 months, or it lasts for the next four or six weeks. I don't know. We don't know that. The thing that, that just, just disappoints me <laughs> and you see it on social media and TV, is the profound selfishness that Christians are displaying in the midst of crisis. Sinners are going to 
fight for every grab, rip everything, knock people down, break bottles of wine, try to cut someone, and we just heard now, because they took a case of, uh, you know, water, and that's what they do. They're not sanctified, but Christians should be different. Amen. Amen, Pastor Mike. This is a good word, Pastor Mike. I needed this, Pastor Mike. It's a good word. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. But in the midst of crisis, and, and, and you know what? We all feel, I, I, myself, I, we all feel those instincts. And, and we know that they're wrong. We know that they're wrong. I mean, I mean, it's easy to spot selfishness in other people, right? <laughs> a, watch this. A crisis simply reveals and amplifies what's already there. Amen, Pastor Mike. See, for too many of us, that selfishness and self-preservation, and we don't want to be that. That's not what God's called us to. Can you say amen? <clears throat> you know, let's remember, how many of you know that the early church was not known for stockpiling ample food and supplies for themselves and spreading fear on social media? Amen. We don't see that in the early church. You know, some of you lived through the 1970s <laughs> Crisis of the oil embargo. How many remember that? <laughs> and my uncles, they had an Exxon gas station. It was an SO at that time. And I remember talking to them at the time. I remember as a kid. So let's see, I was born in 64, so about 74, 73, 74. I was about 10 years old, and I loved pumping gas. And I remember the lines. The, come on now. Remember the lines of cars? They went all down, and they used to have, because they could only distribute a certain amount of gas, so they would take a sign and they would put it at the last car. And oh man, if you were ready to pull in and you saw that sign, they, people went ballistic. But they would put the sign say, last car today. And my uncles had it and they, they, once they kept moving that up. And he said, I said, well, what are some of the strange things? I said, uncle, what'd you face? He said, I had a guy that was the last guy in a car. This was back in the 1970s. And he said, and he waited. It was eight hours by the time we got through everything with it. He waited it. And his car was full when he started. But by the time, this is a true story. By the time he got up there, it was a little bit below full. And he goes, just top it off. That is fear. It's fear. And that's what people are doing today. They're living in fear. They're selfish. They're not exhibiting a sacrifice in a time that we need to. You know, Mother Teresa's legacy, and we all have heard of her, was built on uh, 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 kindness and love and sacrifice. Amen? It was not built on hoarding months of supplies for herself and asking the poor of Calcutta why they weren't as wise and smart as she was. Mother Teresa. Now, you know this, what I'm about to say. You know this. Are you ready for this? The best Christians show sacrifice in times of crisis, not selfishness. You, you know that. Amen. The best Christians. Sacrifice, not selfishness. <clears throat> and you know, we are going to be a church also that takes care of its own. Takes care of its own. I mean, uh, you know, perhaps maybe another week or so or, or less, you know, some of these things will come in with a supply chain and you can get your toilet paper or whatever, but... There may be some people in the church that don't have it right now. I'm a little bit on the slender side. We were gone for two weeks, you know. And, uh, incidentally, on the way back, I, 
Yes, Kathleen. When you travel on those roads in Sri Lanka, right on there, Caleb, right? You, you, you bring toilet paper with you because you don't know where you're going to have a pit stop in, stop in. You're going to know, oh my God, what is this outhouse? You got to go in. And there's no toilet paper there. So anyhow, you know, without getting it too much information. So I saved one and I had it with me and I just forgot about it in my backpack. So it went through security in Dubai and they flagged my backpack. You get over there. And I'm like, what? And saying, like, you know, we're going to step over there. They open it up, they pull it out, and they started laughing. It was a brand new roll of toilet paper. I said, don't you dare take that. <laughs> he laughed and he put it back in. But, you know, they thought, what is this tight wrap thing in there? It's suspicious, you know? Like, I said, that's worth a lot of money right now in the United States. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, how I many know God is good? Amen? The sacrifice you show as a believer will bring out the sacrifice in others. Amen. Unfortunately, so will the selfishness. I'm almost done. I'm not saying you shouldn't provide for your family or wash your hands thoroughly. Hey, we're doing that. I'm doing that. We're going to continue to do that. But hear me. If you hear anything today, hear this statement. Friends, that can't be our only or primarily response in this situation. It can't be. It can't be. You know, we're using uh, wisdom here as a church and as a church body, this whole thing, they have a community mitigation and measures. And, you know, we have a harvest party that, you know, usually come up at this time. We have two, three, four hundred people. And we're going to forego that this year. Okay? We're going to forego that. And just throwing that out there. I talked with Katie about that. And uh, how many know we can resume that next year? Amen? So we're, 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 we're taking, you know, precautions in, in, in these areas and, 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 and using, using wisdom. You know, the world sometimes gets the gospel better than Christians do. I mean, how many know that they, they celebrate, excuse me, celebrate people who give their lives in service to others? And historically, so does the church. But let me just say this. Self-protection and self-defense may be some other religion, but it's not Christianity. Amen? And number three, final point. Harvest, we're going to look for opportunities. We're going to look for opportunities to be a blessing. A blessing in this season. Now, this may be a very short-lived season or it may drag on for a while. We don't know that. But I'm doing this now today, this day, to throw this out here. And I want you to be thinking and praying about that. How we can be a blessing in the midst of the obstacles and the chaos. You know, how many know that believers should be the first the first ones out there uh, where they see obstacles where they can be a blessing. And I've been thinking about that. I've been up since 3 a.m., of course, time change and all that. I have not adjusted and wide awake, boom. Thinking about it, and it's something we'll just throw out here at the end of the service here. But, but what are some opportunities in front of us as a local church? I mean, if it comes to this, and we can't even, you know, we have time to prepare for some of these things. What are some of them? Uh, some of the things he's thought about. You know what? We have our digital online experience. We can enhance that. <laughs> you know, we got Curtis who does a great job, and and those in the sound booth here. And I mean, if it comes to it, then so we'll, we'll go for a virtual, you know, and we'll have uploads on on YouTube. How many still have internet? Okay. And so we can still have services and through that, albeit it'll be different, but we can, we can enhance that and, and if we're not able to, to meet together on Sunday mornings. We can, we can help our city. See, I want you to be thinking about in this time. I know it's contrary to what everyone's thinking. When you come in here, you think, pastor should be talking about this, but right now I'm talking about something totally different. I believe this is kingdom mentality. I, it's different. It's different than what the fear we all have been under. 
the tormenting, chaotic fear that has struck our nation. We can look for ways to help our city. Um, when everyone is obsessed with themselves, how can we serve others? I want you to be thinking about that. And when the people see and know that we care, it's going to remind them that God cares for them. Amen. How many know God cares for them? And he cares for all of us. And the third thing, we, we can broker hope. I mean, <clears throat> people's spiritual instincts and questions, they get triggered in moments like these. And this is an opportunity to give people the good news. See, I grew up in the 1970s, and the big thing was, you know, at, 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 at the end of the 70s, the world was going to end, planets were going to collide, the tribulation was coming, come on now, and, and, you know, and so what, what did the Christians do? They didn't go into the world, they went into their closets and started stocking up food. My dad stuck lima beans in there and coffee. I said, Dad... We're eight kids here. He goes, well, the lima beans were like a whole big, you know, box warehouse store. I said, I hate lima beans, but I got my coffee. You know, he was set for the three and a half years, his coffee, and we got lima beans as eight kids. All that stuff was thrown in the trash because it rotted. Amen, Pastor Mike. Once again, I feel like I have to hit, does it mean you prepare? A lot of stuff right now you, you, just, you just can't get. So, but we can broker hope. A world struggling with death needs both the hope and the resurrection and the power of God who suffers with them. Stand with me if you would, please. So we have a huge opportunity before us. And I left this bottom line blank here. And, and I was thinking about some things that really got me stirred this morning. And, uh, you know, a generation that's sick of hype, they're ready for hope. I think this could be the catalyst of a great outpouring of God's spirit in our country, okay? Where we think it's all going to hell, it really could all go to heaven. It, it really could. It really could. And so in, inclusion, conclusion, once again, this is not in the Bible. <laughs> it's an old uh, uh, Persian wisdom saying. But there's a lot of times in the Bible says, and this too shall come to pass, and it shall come to pass. The scripture says it'll come to pass. This is going to come to pass, church. Did you hear me? You need to, you need to relax and calm down. It's going to come to pass. Life will resume. But we don't want to miss this window as people of God. We don't want to not react. We don't want to, you know, ignore the signs. There's a lot of things that are going on out there. We need to continue to be the church. And I believe in times of crisis, the church is needed more than ever before. You know, they don't, they don't shut down hospitals. I mean, because they care for the sick. And, and, and at this point, I mean, I, I feel that until, until you know, we, we sense and there's a body that it, it, we need to, to not meet. But... <clears throat> I believe the church is not a luxury. I believe it's a necessity. Just throwing that out there. And so here's what kept me up at being up at 3.30 this morning or 3 a.m. And I thought, you know, I'd like to pull together a, a, a care team, coronavirus care team. And here's, my mind was just going, just, just thinking, and I'm like, you know, so all of you melancholics, which I am, just hold on, I'll address you in a moment. But just the excitement of how we could as a church bless the community with care packages. Come on, like put a roller to a toilet paper in it. And and, and could see, you said, well, where are you going to get that stuff? Amen. You know, the widow and her might, she's written in the Bible because why? She did what? Oh my gosh, Pastor Mike, are you nuts? 
You mean the 15 bottles that I got uh, of hand sanitizer, you want me to give maybe one to help someone else? Yeah. Or the two cases of Amazon Prime toilet paper, the 80 rolls that you have. Come on now. Amen. Come on. You, you want me to give two to put in a package with maybe some hand soap or whatever and, and, and that we could give? Could we pull together 100 packages and one Saturday from 11 to noon, maybe out in front of Office Max or at the Kmart parking lot, and we just say free care packages and we offer 15-second prayers for your family and blessings over your family. I think we would get rid of those packages in 30 minutes. Amen. People are freaking out right now and they need to see the church rise up. They need to see confidence. They need to see the people of God going, they're not hoarding or hiding. They're giving. I don't have access right now from eBay that I can get. A, I wish I had a truckload of toilet paper. I wish I did. And a truckload of hand sanitizer. And what I would do, I would give it away. But you see, we all as a church. So pastor, what are you asking? I'm asking that we be the kingdom of God. And so, so now the melancholic administrative side, okay? How do we make sure that that stuff is sanitized and it goes out? Come on now. How do we make sure we're not propagating? You guys are further. So there's all those things. Now, I'd like to pull together a team. Five or six people. And I would like some people from medical backgrounds to be a part of that to help us. Because we want to use wisdom. Amen? But I want to be known and be on the side of those that love and minister and gave than on the side of those that just hid away for the next six weeks, eight weeks, or however long it is. It just kind of come out of the shadows and go, it's all over. Every head bowed, please. This may be a heavy message for you. I just feel God on this. I feel we have an opportunity. I'm not throwing caution to the wind. Our nation in, is, in the world is in a... Do you think God knows about all this? Do you think he's just like, what, what, what happened, Gabriel? What, 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 Corona? What the enemy means for evil, God's going to turn around for good. So I want to be on the side of those that are part of God's goodness in this moment. I don't know what that looked like totally. And maybe my idea is off the wall. But I just think we need to first take care of our church body and our church family. So if you, if you have bare necessities and you don't get it, you just, you're not trying to hoard. You're just like, Pastor, I can't even get anything. There's nothing there. You need to let us know. And I, myself personally, what I have will give. And I guarantee you, there are people in this church that will take care of you. You need to step forward. You need to message us somehow. You need to let us know. We can be discreet about it. All right? Come on, come on, church. Amen? The church body needs to take care of the church body. Now, outside of that, and out of our abundance, okay, we can still be a blessing to this community. I don't know exactly what it looks like. I just threw out something that was maybe a wild idea, and I say that with umbrella of mercy. <laughs> but you are some brilliant people. I believe that. Let's be the church in this moment. Amen? Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your wonderful, precious people. I thank you that they're here today, that they're bold, that they're confident, they're not fear-filled. I thank you, God, that, Lord, you have greater things for us as a church. Lord, we don't want to be a church hiding in the sidelines. Lord, we want to be on the cusp of what you have for us. So, Lord, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Our hearts, Father, authentically are 
to lift Jesus high, to be the church, to not magnify harvest, but to magnify Jesus in this time. Help us to be the church. Show us what we can do practically with wisdom and discretion, taking the, the proper uh, necessary steps. But help us to be a beacon of light and hope in this dark, fear-filled time. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.